You're about to make your next first impression. What do I mean by that? Well, you're about to contact a new student athlete for the first time. So my question for you today, coach, is how are you going to do it differently this time to make a bigger impact and to get that recruit interested in you and your program? It's time for the big season three premiere of the College Recruiting Weekly podcast with your host, the next governor of the great state of South Dakota, Dan Tudor. Wow, the third season, the start of the third season. I can't believe it. Coach, before we get into this, let me just take a second on that note to thank all of you for listening and contributing and giving your comments and ideas on what you want to hear next. Uh, the community that we're building here on this podcast blows me away. I love working with coaches, done it for 15 years or so now, and the the podcast is a little bit uh, of an evolving thing. Uh, it started out with the idea that we just wanted to have more extended conversations, bring other people into the conversation, and figure out what they did well in recruiting and, and pass those tips along to you. But along the way, what you've done is you've made me better at what I do because of the ideas that you bring forward, because of the comments that you make to me uh, in you know emails or on Twitter about what you like, what you want to hear next. And, and really, we didn't know how long the podcast was supposed to go. And you just don't know how these things are going to work out. So the fact that we are heading into our third season with so many listeners, and we have so much great feedback from you, the college coaches that listen to it. I just wanted to say thank you. It, it's really, it's fun to do. It is a little challenging because we he, we keep to having to one-up ourselves uh, from what we did in previous episodes, but I think you're going to like what we bring in in season three. We have a lot of great guests a lot of great episodes in store for you. A lot of great topics we've also never talked about before, which is exciting. So again, just wanted to thank you and wish you luck as you get started with your new recruiting season. And that's actually what we're going to talk about today is the new season, the new group of recruits that you're about to start contacting. And I wanted to break up today's episode in in three segments because we get questions a lot when it comes to this time of a year when we're about to be able to have coaches contact new athletes. The, the number one thing that we get asked, of course, is how do we do that? What's the best way? What do they want to hear? And what I did for this episode, because it is so important and because it is the beginning of the relationship, I broke up the advice that I'm about to give you into three segments. And we're going to try to be short and to the point, which is actually one of the points I'm going to make in uh, in the instruction I give you. But we're going to break it up into three segments. The first one is what you shouldn't do. The next segment is a couple of things you should definitely do. And then I'm also going to break this up into a third segment, which is if you are listening to this and you've already started your first contact with recruits, you've already initiated that contact, but maybe you're feeling like, you didn't do it the right way. What do you do next? What do you do after the contact begins? And that's what we'll talk about today. So we're going to start with what you shouldn't do. And the first thing I'm going to mention as, as priority number one, what not to do on your first contact as you make that with your new recruit is sell. 
I don't want you to sell your program, to sell the school, to sell what you've done, your history, your resume, the championship you just won, whatever it is. I don't want you to sell that to the recruit the first time you talk to them. Why? Because when you do that, you are setting up the relationship as a buyer-seller relationship. You have something to sell. Recruit, do you want to buy it? I don't want that. You don't want that because what that does is it sets up an adversarial relationship based on negotiation. Do you want to negotiate with your athlete? Do you want them to negotiate with you? Do you want them to look at this process as buying a commodity rather than making a decision on where to align themselves, what brand to align themselves with, and where to devote the next four to five years of their not only their athletic career but their life? We don't usually do that based on the motivation to buy something. Uh, when you when you sell, when you present yourself as a salesperson, it very much turns into that relationship, a buyer-seller relationship, which means I, as the buyer, naturally want to get something from you as the seller. And by that, I mean I want to get a deal. I want to get the discount. How many times do you go around the internet or if you're at the mall – uh, however you do your shopping for whatever it is you're buying for, you pretty much probably have an idea of what you want. You have an idea of what you could spend. You have an idea of maybe some of the favorite brands that you would want to bring in. And whether we're talking shoes or where you're living or the type of TV you have in your living room, whatever that is, we're making decisions to buy and sell you as the buyer making a decision, what what do I want as a brand? I don't want it to be something when you interact with your recruit where they feel like they are in the process of buying something because when we buy something, what do we usually look for? We look for the best deal. And many of your recruits have that mindset going into the relationship with you is I want the best deal. And if the recruit doesn't, your, the parents of your recruits certainly do. They're looking for the best deal. The best deal might not even be money. The best deal might be the biggest, uh, the, the biggest stadium. The best deal might be the conference that they play in. The best deal might be um, the percentage of scholarship money that they get. Not even the net price of the scholarship, but just are you giving me or my son or my daughter, our family, the biggest percentage scholarship that we can get. I can't tell you the number of times just within the last couple of classes that I've heard coaches bewildered and talking to me about the fact that they actually offered more money with a bigger net discount and, and a smaller net cost to their school. And the athlete said no in favor of the coach or the program or the school that gave them the more money or the bigger percentage of uh, of money, even though the net price might have been higher. Why are they doing that? Just step back for a second in this in advising you not to sell. Why are your prospects doing something like that? Because ultimately, coach, and I really want you to let this sink in as you get into your first contact. The number one thing your parents and the recruits of your uh, of uh, the recruits of those parents are looking for is they're trying to figure out who wants them more and who values them more. And the only thing they have to go off of right now is what your offer is. It is a value indicator to them. So if you're going to go in and present 
your your brand, your product, your deal right away and begin selling the aspect of why that's best, I don't think that is that that should be the priority. The priority should be as we talk about in the workshops that we do in athletic departments or in our work with clients around the country, the coaches that that we get to work with and help um, establish and and help them maintain their recruiting strategy. The priority at first is to get a response. We want the conversation. We don't need them to buy in completely to what it is that we have on our campus. We'll get to that. And they'll they'll look up information and, and find that information on their own as well. But but what we want to do at first is establish the idea that this is a this is a relationship and we want communication. So look at that message that you're about to send out or what you usually say on the phone or what you usually text a prospect. Are you selling them? Are you including a lot of information about their about your school and your program that they don't absolutely need to know right now in in order to start the process? If the answer is I've got that in my message, then work on taking it out of your message. Try not to sell. Point number two, and what you shouldn't do as you begin first contacts with recruits, is ask them to campus. This is a favorite of coaches. I want I want kids to be excited about coming here, and I'm excited about them coming here. And boy, if they could just see this place, it is so amazing. They're going to love it. That's what's going to get us the attention. Calm down. Be patient. In the first contact, don't ask them to campus. It's too big of a jump. They're just now getting to know you. They're just now getting to understand where you are, what you have to offer, uh, who you are. And if I'm a school that is six states away, and the first thing I do is ask them to come to my campus, it breaks all the rules of how they normally go through decision-making, which is, as you've noticed, very slowly, usually very methodically, and they want proof along the way that this is okay to keep moving down this road of getting more and more interested to your school. Um, I've heard lots of examples of coaches that are kind of surprised when when they talk about coming to campus with an athlete and things were going great. They asked them to campus, and all of a sudden the athlete shuts down, and now they don't even return text messages or phone calls, or it's harder to get a hold of them by email. Well, the reason is you've broken some of the rules of this generation, which is we need permission as coaches to approach them and to take the next step and do that very cautiously, coach. Uh, When you ask them to campus right away, most typically what we hear back from athletes who have that said to them is this. I don't, I don't even know them. I don't really know if I want to even go to the school. Why would I want to go visit campus? They're, they're, they don't understand why you do that. Uh, I understand why you do that because as adults, we know that evaluating something logically, we're going to have to go and see it. Um, and I think they're also, for, for coaches that have been in this game for, for longer periods of time, what used to happen in the 1970s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, well, before the internet, before everybody had uh, electric Everybody had uh, electronic encyclopedias and uh, video access uh, in their hand in the form of smartphones. Before that time, you really had to go to a campus to see what they had and to figure out what they had and if you liked it there. 
That's the only way I could get information about a school that was recruiting me as an athlete. That was the only way that you, as a coach, could really outline and show them what you have. Well, now, coach, everything I need to know about you, anything, any specific question I have about your program, the school, your history, majors you offer, where you're located, what kind of town it is. Do you have a Starbucks on campus? Is there a Chipotle you know, within walking distance um, from my dorm room? All those questions I can find out in a matter of seconds without you in the form of just going to Google, looking at my phone, going to your Facebook page, going to your Instagram, whatever the source, I have access to that. I don't need you for that. And so asking them to campus just jumps too many hurdles right away. So be patient. That'll come. Explain instead why you're interested and explain instead why the conversation is important and what the next step in that conversation is. Don't ask them to campus right away. Number three, I don't want you to do this. In any message that you send, in any phone call that you make, don't sound fake. We hear a lot about fake news. Well, what is fake news? Well, fake news is something that you read it and you might know just by the way it's worded that that's not true. That's that's not something that is uh, you know is reality. Here's how I'll translate that to recruiting and how your messaging from the athlete's point of view sounds fake is when it's too beautifully written, it's too long, it's too, uh, I think, intelligently laid out, um, that's when it starts sounding fake. In high school English class and in college, we all learned how to construct what, uh, what educators would say is the perfect message, the perfect letter. And what was it? It was a very well-worded, um, flawlessly executed introduction. We then had two or three or four main points, and then we were taught to write a summary and with, a, with then a very uh, professional, polite closing. That is exactly the wrong way to first contact a message. Why? Uh, to first contact a recruit with a message. Why is that? Because... That's not how they talk in real life. That's not how they talk to their friends. That's not how they receive messages. And coach, I just want you to to focus in on this right now with what I'm about to say. This generation that you're recruiting gets their messages and, and interacts how? Usually on their phone, which means that everything that they're reading is presented to them in perfectly uh, viewed aerial font very short, succinct. It's it's to the point. We don't have a lot of fluff in in text messages or what we put on social media. Twitter has a character limit because why? They want it to be succinct. They want it. It's not. You're not supposed to go on and and create a manifesto for people to read. It is short thoughts, short points. Text messaging is the same way. It's short interactions, short bursts of information. So when we as adults, as coaches, come at them with these very beautifully worded messages that are long and drawn out and complicated and using words that nobody uses in everyday English and in everyday uh, conversation, and it also doesn't sound like the way that you talk, it sounds fake. So the solution is make something 
that you would say normally. Uh, in, in the time that I've been talking to you on this podcast for the last 15 minutes now, I've, I've used run-on sentences. I have misplaced punctuation. And you know, hopefully it sounds like I'm, I'm not reading off of a script because, quite honestly, Coach, I'm not reading off of a script. Um, I, I don't want you to read off of a script either. I want you to say something to them that you would normally say because the other fact that we know about this generation is they read something that you send and they're trying to figure out what you sound like from it. When you use words that are too perfectly structured and, and uh, beautifully written, they know that nobody talks like that. And so they discount it as fake or spam or that's mass mail. That's something that they just sent to everybody. And you know what? Maybe it is. If you use a more conversational tone, you can still send that same message to everybody. It just sounds like it was meant for them. So understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you recruit 100 kids and every 100, each 100 of those messages has to be unique and separate and different. Not saying that at all. I'm saying that when you write it to those 100, have the mindset that you're writing it to just one athlete, one specific kid that you know really well. How would that sound? I want you to sound like that in your first message because when you do, it sounds right to them and they'll be more apt to respond. So those are the three things I want you to not do. Let me move quickly to the things that I would want you to do as you initiate first contact with athletes. Sec- uh, number one, I want you to verify for them where you saw them. Where are you um, Where are you, you coming to them from? What is the context in which you're contacting them? So what I mean by that is if you found their name through... Uh, an online recruiting service, that's fine. Let them know that you found their name on a specific recruiting service. And then what attracted you to them? What jumped out at you about them that seemed like it might be a good fit for you to recruit them to your program, or at least to initiate contact? If you saw them at a tournament, verify what the tournament was. Maybe if you can, depending on the number of recruits that you have and, and how well you took notes of that tournament, what was the one or two things that you liked about what they saw or what you saw in their game? Verify to them why you're contacting them. If it's too general, if, it all, if, if the message is really just about um, we've identified you as a potential uh, college recruit for our program or we've found out about your information or just something that sounds a little too generic, it's not going to have the same impact as when you go and talk to them about, start out where you saw them. It gives them context for why you're contacting them, and it makes it more believable. And you know, part of what we're going over here, understand that it's not just you contacting the athlete, it's four or eight or 17 of your competitors contacting the same athlete, wanting the same things, wanting to go through the same process. So stand out by at least explaining, here's why I'm contacting you. I saw you here. I found your information here. Here's what jumped out at me. Here's where I think this could be a fit. Verify to them what it is that you like about them because that gives them motivation to pay attention 
and to find out a little bit more why, because it goes to that what we just talked about. That doesn't sound fake. That doesn't sound contrived or made up. You're telling me where you saw me and what you liked about me. Fantastic. I want to know more. I at least want to know who you are and what you liked about me there at that tournament or when you saw me online. Verify for them why you're contacting them. Number two, the second thing that I want you to do is let them know through the language and the message, and maybe you say this specifically to them, that we're okay with not being your first choice right now. Here's why it's important to communicate that, because kids that we talk to and do focus groups with and the research that we then give back to coaches in those workshops or client uh, relationships that we have, when we talk to kids, the thing that they're scared of is making you mad or insulting you or making you feel like they're not interested, even though when they may not be initially interested, they still want to see this play out and see what might happen most of the time. So when coaches approach kids in a first contact setting and start talking about um, making them their number one choice or almost taking the aspect of of proving why uh, they would be interested in their school or their program, Uh, It puts kids on the defensive. It puts this generation um, in a position where they have to now feel like they have to almost lie to you to keep you interested. I don't want them to lie. What opens up that honesty is you saying, look, I know you're probably getting a lot of contact. you got a lot of schools to look at. We're fine with that. We want you to look around. In the end, we're going to probably be the school that's going to be really hard to say no to. But I'm okay with you looking at other schools. In fact, I'd love to talk to you about other schools that you're looking at uh, in addition to us. Open up that door and let them know they're not going to get criticized if they tell you that they're looking at one of your competitors or that they aren't putting you first or even in their top five uh, on their list right now. Uh, If they're a good recruit, I'm okay with not being in the top five right away because if I do the right things throughout the process, I know I can climb. I know I can get their interest. Uh, there are there are definite ways to do that. And on that note, too, there's a lot of free information you can start this new recruiting year off with at dantutor.com uh, on our blog page. So there's 15 years worth of research and information that we give away for free. You can go and, and see the steps that we outline to... Um, to get a kid interested over time. You don't have to be first right away, coach. And I want you to communicate to that to them that we're okay with not being first right now. In the end, we're going to be really hard to say no to you. I, I, I think we're going to be your top pick. But right now, look around. I'm, I'm good with that because it bring, when you do that, it brings those walls down and it gives them the idea that, okay, good, I, you know, he's not going to criticize me when he hears that I visited another campus. I think that's also really important just in the process because when they visit that other campus, I want them to tell me about it as a coach, and I want to talk to them about it. What did you like better than when you visited our school? What were some things that weren't as good? So what what did you feel like when you were walking around campus? I want them to tell me how to approach them and how to treat um, this game that we're playing with each individual prospect at different points I want to know what I should be doing. Just like you in competition, what you're doing at the beginning of that competition isn't necessarily the same thing you're doing 
at the end or in the middle, um, your strategy changes as it plays out. You need open communication with those recruits in order for that to happen. This is the best way to get it. The third thing I want you to do is ask for a reply. Whenever you're sending out especially a written message, please at the end say, hey, could you get back to me and and answer this for me? Or uh, can you reply back and let me know that you got this just to make sure I got the right email address or the right mailing address? When you ask for a reply, it verifies to them that it's okay to talk to you. And that sounds so so basic and so almost stupid, right, Coach? Of course it's okay to talk to you. You're a nice guy. Um, but but um, for the athlete, what they typically um, have in the back of their mind is, I don't know if I should reply or if she wants me to reply because what if she wasn't really wanting me to contact her? What if they haven't decided if they want me yet? And so their fallback mode is, I'm just going to stay quiet and wait for the next thing. You're going to have to ask for the reply, ask for contact, because what it signals to them is that it's okay to talk to me. I'm not going to criticize you, and I actually want to interact with you. When you do that, watch what it does for your percentage of kids that get back to you. It works, Coach. Um, and and really, um, what you're what you're asking is uh, throughout this process, and this sort of goes to this point: is what do you want to see happen next? What what is the next step for you? When they reply back, that would be one of the things I would ask them is, could you have sort of a process you're going to go through? Do you have an idea of when you want to be committed to a college um, and, and make this final decision? The only way you're going to find out that is if you ask. So start asking right away. Ask for the reply and set up the idea that you are open to and wanting an ongoing conversation with them about this process that the two of you are undertaking. Okay, the last three things I want to say to you is, let's say you, you've, you're listening to this and you have already done first contact with athletes and maybe now you're sweating because, uh-oh, I may have done some things wrong or, ooh, wow, I should have done it that way. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you can correct at any time. And there's the good thing about recruiting is that there's always the next recruit to, to contact first. So just start using those strategies uh, then. But specifically, I wanted to ask or wanted to talk to you about after the, the first contact. What should you do if you've already started first contacts that, uh, that, that work and kind of keep the process going? I would want you, because remember we said at first, don't sell the school, right? I, I, I still think that's applicable. I, I don't want you to spend a lot of time right away going into why, uh, you know, everything that is great about your school. And to the extent that you do that, um, drip it out to them, a little bit at a time, a little bit, focus on one topic for several weeks and thin slice that a lot of different ways and get them to talk about it uh, and give you reaction to it. Don't throw them everything at once. But more important than all that, after you make that first contact, get into some ideas about why you like them. That's so important to a recruit. And think back to you as an athlete. Didn't you really want to know that you were liked? Didn't you want to know and weren't you curious as to what a coach liked about uh, your game or your abilities, your skills? That's what they're looking for. Now, granted, sometimes if you have, if you're a football coach listening to this and you have 800 kids that you are recruiting initially, it's going to be impossible to say to each one of them, here's what I like about you. And I understand that. 
as soon as possible in the process, get to that point, why you like them. Even if it's something basic, here's what I like about you. Here's, here's When I saw you, this is what jumped out at me and make it something that they can listen to and, and then connect with because that's what they're looking for. They're looking to further validate why they should be talking to you. And once, you're, once you reply, you contacted them first the right way. You sound like a nice person. Okay, I think I might, I think I might be interested here. I'm, not, I'm still not ready to be sold on why the school's great, but I definitely want to be wanting to be sold on what you like about me as an athlete. So that also does a great job in counteracting that mass male feeling or the fact that they're one of 50, 60, 100 recruits that you're talking to. When you go specific, it tells them, whoa, okay, I'm not just on a list or I didn't, he didn't just pick up the tournament book and, um, and contact me from that. He actually knows something. She actually knows something about me. It counteracts the feeling that they're part of this mass herd that's getting recruited, even if they happen to be part of that mass herd that you are recruiting them. So get into the idea of why you like them and be specific with them and talk to them about it because that's going to further open up the line of communication, which is what we want early on. Second thing in what you should do afterwards is lay out your timeline for them. Explain to them your process, how you're going to go through this, and when you see the process wrapping up for you in your program. We, in previous episodes, go into a lot of micro detail on just that one point, the timelines and deadlines uh, aspect of this recruiting process. And you can go back and listen to those episodes. You can just go back and listen to the titles for past episodes on that. Um, But lay out your timeline. Let them know kind of the process that you want them to go through and get them to agree on it. And also then a natural uh, a natural follow-up is, so can you walk me through your timeline as an athlete going through this process? Their timeline might be very similar to yours. It might be sooner, which I need to know as a coach, if they are planning on making their decisions sooner, or are they maybe being a little unrealistic and it's going to go way late. All of those things give you a strategic advantage over your competition who's not listening to this or, uh, or is listening and, and choosing not to talk about it because when you know what their timeline is and you know how it compares to yours, I then know what to do during each process in that timeline. I need to, I, I need to know. It tells me whether I need to go quickly, if I have a lot of time, if theirs matches up with mine, great. If it doesn't, then how do I pivot? How do I adjust? Get them to lay out their timeline, and please, coach, make sure you lay out your timeline. And the last thing, the last tip that I'll have for you is after you first contact, make sure your messages that you continue to send them are shorter and more direct because when it's shorter and more direct, it's always better. I have tried my best to go through nine very important and really very deep topical points with you in about 30 minutes. Um, We've been talking on this podcast for now about 30 minutes, and I've covered nine topics. That's actually a lot um, because that's about two or three minutes per topic. I could talk on these nine things, Coach, for the next four to five hours, and some of you who have been at one of our workshops know this all too well. 
that we spend a lot of time talking and there's endless information that we could discuss, but it's not the right format. You're listening to this uh, in the office on the way to work or maybe you're on the road. Either way, I, I can't spend four hours with you on the podcast. I need to break it up. If you want to get the entire scope of what we advise for coaches, you have this library now, the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast, on Stitcher, on iTunes, on Google Play. You have all these different aspects and all these different tools that you can go back and you can choose to listen to uh, short to the point topics and short to the point conversations with different guests that we've had on. And if you do that over time, it's going to give you a really broad idea of what is working in recruiting now. But for me to do that all in one all in one sitting would be, it's impossible. You're not going to be able to take it all in. Even if you manage to stay awake, you're not going to be able to talk, take it all in. Coach your recruits are the same way. The long, drawn-out messages with way too many facts, they can't absorb it. It gets lost. It doesn't make an impact. So be shorter, more direct, to the point in everything that you do, and take the philosophy of, I'm going to I'm going to do this shorter burst of information over a longer period of time and more consistently than my competition. If you do that for this next class of recruits coach, you're going to be amazed at the the results that you get and and the quality of the recruit that ends up uh, being attracted to that style of recruiting. So that's it. Coach, it's time to get out and go make the first contacts or to keep those first contacts going. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast today. We have such a good season coming up for you. Uh, it'll be, uh, it's just going to be really, really interesting. And if you have ideas or if you have a topic you want to talk about on the podcast, email me. Or if you just have a question about what we just talked about, email me, dan at dantutor.com. On Twitter, I am at dantutor. We have a Tutor Collegiate Strategies Facebook page. We And of course, the weekly college recruiting weekly newsletter that goes out to, to thousands and thousands of coaches around the country every Tuesday. There are so many different ways to interact with us uh, as you begin recruiting a new class. Find the thing that works for you, take it, and if we can answer any questions along the way, Coach, and make this the best recruiting class that you've ever brought in, I would love to help. So thank you for listening. I hope this information was insightful. Go do it. Get to work and have a great class of first contacts, Coach. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast.